Blog Talk Radio. This is BC Radio Live with Philip and Eric. Live online at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. Aloha! We are live! It is January 16th, 2008. Tonight on the show, we'll chat with Pierce the Veil, a band from San Diego, and also hear a few things from their 2007 album, A Flair for the Dramatic. But first, there have been many developments in the high-definition format war recently, with HD, DVD, and Blu-ray battling for supremacy as a disc format. And we'll talk with Can the Man and Matt Peprocki, who have both written articles on the subject for DC Magazine, and also with Gloria Barzak, who is Professor of Marketing at the College of Business Administration at Northeastern University. It's time to buy a Blu-ray player, or should we skip all of that entirely and rent movies using the new Apple TV? We'll ask our panel of experts. The chat room is now open at blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio. The video feed uh, is now running, and we are also going to open the phone lines tonight at 646-595-3195. I am Philip Wynn, Chief Geek at BC Magazine, and I'm joined tonight by Lisa McKay, Executive Editor of BC Magazine. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Philip. Great to have you on the show again, and we're also joined by Eric Olson, founder and publisher of BC Magazine. Hi, Eric. Greetings, Philip and Lisa. How are you both? I'm good. I'm doing fantastically. <laughs> Super fantastico. Indeed. I, 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 before we get started on the HD DVD stuff, I, I just wanted to say that I'm, I'm a complete Apple geek, a complete Apple fanatic, in fact, and I... I do this show every week uh, on a MacBook Pro. I, in fact, I call into the show on an iPhone. That's what I'm on right now. Um, so I, I've really drunk the Kool-Aid. And I'm really, I, I think we're going to spring this on our, our panel at the last second, but I really want questions. I have questions about this Apple TV. I don't even have an HD TV, and I, I'm excited about this product. So that, that kind of tells you how bad of a geek I am. You don't have an HD TV? I know. Can you believe that? What kind of TV do you have, man? Just a standard old square one. Uh, I use I use my computer as my HD source, so I, you know I've seen some HD movies, but it's all on the computer. Well, I'm telling you, now is the time. I've, this is something I've been following. If I could ever, I'm, I'm trying hard, as you guys know, behind the scenes to get back into to writing. We're all, we're all struggling in that direction, trying to get some of the admin stuff taken care of. We're, we're working hard on that. Anyway, if I can get back to writing, I really do want to start because I've been following along um, kind of on the user end of the whole HD TV scene. We got our first one a few years ago and what I think when I think about what we paid now, I, I just feel I feel ill. But you know, I mean all you can do is kind of base what you paid and what you get for the time. You can't really look ahead because obviously in technology and certainly in this day and age, you know, that that will only get you depressed if you look very far ahead. But um, anyway, th- now is the time uh, to to dip into the HDTV market. I mean, when I'm looking at some of these sales going on for the Super Bowl, I mean, you really can. You can get a 1080p, which is the highest quality, the highest resolution. You can get very nice size, you know, 40 inches and up. And, I mean, those are coming in now very, very reasonably. They're being... They're being slashed until really recently the 1080p's were still quite expensive, but uh, I, I see they're coming down very, very quickly. And so well, I have to admit, my major concern is that I waited for years to find a 36-inch television that would fit into my entertainment center. It just had really, really, really tight clearance. And uh, if I if I get an HD TV, I'll need to buy a whole new entertainment center. Well, good God, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're talking square versus rectangular, yes, th- this one will be rectangular. But yeah, um, you know, we, we still have one. We still have one regular TV, and I mean, look, tube tube is not bad, uh, and, and and certainly some of those earlier generation quote unquote HDs, you know, the flat panel. Anyway, I don't know if they really were HD. I suppose technically yes, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff I would have rather watched and, and and even now would rather watch on a regular old tube TV with the really nice bright colors and the kind of the soft look than on than on some of the earlier versions of HD but these days wow you know the 1080p it just it makes all the difference in the world i mean it's so mm-hmm. sharp 
so clean, and now uh, I'm just itching to see. I, I, we did, uh, we talked about this at an earlier show, maybe it was last week, I can't remember. We're all over the place, but um, I, we did get our first uh, HD DVD player uh, back in December. And now, again, now, was it HD DVD or Blu-ray? It's HD DVD. I, I researched it and researched it and researched it, and for the money at that time, anyway, we're talking a month ago, and it's like ancient history. Uh, for the at the time, there were more features and more value to the HD. Now, I didn't really think about it in terms. I've, I've broadened out a little now that it looks like Blu-ray is inevitable. We, I won't quite get into that yet. I'll leave it. To you guys, to to the okay, experts. Let's 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 go ahead present. and bring the panel on. Let's go. Ahead yeah, let's do so. We, I'm we sort of leading have... into it inevitably, aren't I? I love my HD DVD. What what I would get now for Blu-ray is I would definitely go with the uh, PlayStation. That that's a good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, we have one more caller than I'm uh, expecting, so I'm going to bring everybody on the line, and we'll we'll see who we have extra. Why doesn't I everyone think... introduce themselves? I know we have uh, Matt Peprocki, who's uh, writing a series of Blu-ray reviews for, for BC Magazine right now. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. And you're uh, a turncoat. You're a turncoat, Matt. Matt was, <laughs> Matt was Mr. HD DVD, writing up the HD DVD reviews with the frequency of well-nigh a Chris Beaumont. And now he's switched over to Blu-ray. Yeah. I have switched. I'm still an HD DVD fan. We just hit a snag. You we, have should also player? Have, we should also have Tan the Man on the line. Are you there, Tan? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Great. Tan, hello. Nice to talk to you. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks and for Tan joining. wrote an article for BC Magazine after a, a recent announcement, which we'll get to in a moment, that uh, uh, prompted me to think that he might be a good addition to this panel. Uh, we should also have Gloria Barzak, who, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is the professor of marketing at the College of Business Administration at Northeastern University. Did I get that right, Gloria? Yes, you did. Uh, this is Gloria here. Hi, everybody. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Welcome to BC Radio Live. Thank you. And then we, we have one more person on the line that uh, I don't know who you are, so if, if you haven't already uh, spoken, please identify yourself. Oh, they hung up instead, so that's easy enough. <laughs> We're filling up. We're like Noah's Ark here, man. we got all kinds of people. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, there, there was a recent announcement that I mentioned. Um, who, who wants to talk about that, that? The big uh, Warner Brothers announcement. Oh, I can do that, I guess. Go for it. Um, basically, Warner Brothers was one of the last studios still left in the Blu-ray HDD format war, who was releasing movies on both formats. They were releasing concurrent on HD DVD and Blu-ray. At CES, or actually, like a day before CES they announced that they were going to be a Blu-ray exclusive company. Now, CES is the big consumer electronics show that took place in Las Vegas last week. Yes, sir. Now, do you think that that marks the uh, beginning of the end for HD DVD? Uh, it doesn't look good. I don't want to say it's over. Anything can happen. Uh, HD DVD has Microsoft in their camp. There's a whole lot of money there that can be thrown around, but I don't see that happening. Now, Gloria, I think you're a bit more optimistic about HD DVD hopes. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, I would like to say that I don't think it's over yet either. I mean, you never can, you never do know what's going to happen. And I think there's a there's a couple of points here. One is, you know, the prices of the Blu-ray players are still higher than the HD DVD. Um, you know, Toshiba just announced that it's that it cut its prices in half after the announcement by Time Warner. So you can now buy some HD DVD players for about $120 or $150. You can get their top of the line now for 200 It made me physically ill. <laughs> okay, so, so and, and the Blu-rays are still... What lowest is maybe about three hundred. I've seen some for five hundred, and I've seen some for even higher than that. So you still have a price difference. And you know, as as some people have been saying on the internet and in blogs and so forth, that I think a lot of consumers don't they don't know the differences and they don't understand. And when they go into a store, they're going to look at price. And you know, if you compare features. You guys know some of that better than I do, but um, you know they're going to look at what the price is, and they're going to buy, I think, the cheaper price. So even though Blu-ray seems to be winning, you know the consumer makes the ultimate decision. 
What are the prices now? I know Matt's picking up both. What, what's right now? What are the going prices for new releases in the two formats? Um, that's kind of one of the sticking points a lot of people have brought up. The problem is that the software sales are totally skewered towards Blu-ray instead of HD DVD. Even though more people, a lot more people, have bought HD DVD players, they're not buying the software mostly because it's so much more expensive to buy an HD DVD version of a movie than a Blu-ray version. Um, that's not to say it happens every time. But if you walk into Best Buy, there are HD DVDs going for forty dollars, and you walk over to the Blu-ray section, there most of the movies are under twenty bucks, and that causes a huge problem for on the consumer end. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would agree with that. But it's also um, a lot of the Blu-ray because of the PS3. It I mean, I think that, you know, I think that's got something to do with it too. That seems to me to be the real value. I mean, we, as I said, we, we went ahead and pulled the trigger and bought a Toshiba HD DVD player back in mid-December. I, I love it. The, the, one thing you, the one way you can tell it's still immature, and, and I've heard this is the same with Blu-ray, is there's very little memory. In other words, it doesn't remember where you were in the movie, so if you pause it or stop it for very long, it disappears and you have to start over again and, and forward back to where you were. Whereas, you know, any old uh, regular DVD player at this point, you know, remembers uh, at any kind of level, uh, above the very cheapest, you know, remembers where you were. It's just a more mature product. But it seems to me that the the PlayStation is definitely the best value. That's that's at, what, 400 now? I'm seeing them for 399 And, you know, if you're getting... Um, the current version of Blu-ray, which is, I, I'm unclear, is that 1.1 now that's out, as yeah. I understand it? That's the newest, with 2.0 coming down the line at some point. And so does the place, the, the, the PS3, does it have the 1.1, or is it still on the old version? It's 1.1. Okay. With so, a firmware update. Exactly. Yeah, I saw that, that it's updatable. So it seems to me that that's a real good value and that's what the reviewers have been saying all along. If you get it in that format, then you're getting the player, and you're getting you know all the all the game uh, advantages as well for a price that's actually under what most of the standalone Blu-rays are going for, which strikes me as bizarre. But you know, <laughs> well, Sony is losing money on every PS3 they sell. Ah, uh, I see. So it's That's a lot why. leader type situation. Well, I don't think they want it to be that way, but they, you know, they were late in coming out with it, and um, the Blu-ray is actually kind of an expensive part of the uh, PlayStation. Um, but in order to sell some of them, they they are losing. When that first came out, they were losing, I believe, about a hundred and fifty dollars per system. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually heard that um, the Sony actually started to break even on the PS3s. On oh, the recently? Gigab- yeah, on the 40 gigabyte version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, Dan, since, since you're speaking now, why don't, why don't you give us a little background uh, of what you wrote about in your story? Give us your perspective on the situation, please. Well, yeah, um, well, like what you guys are saying, um, the PS3 has been uh, a pretty much um, a deal breaker with um, the Blu-ray. And for the most part, HD DVD hasn't really caught on with the Xbox 360, even though um, it's been out longer. So it's it's pretty interesting how um, um, how that has happened. And also, um, it's and I think a lot of blogs have tried to point this out that um, the porn industry, the adult entertainment industry, would be uh, uh, a, a deal breaker too. However, um, it turns out that. Um, it actually hasn't been that much of a, uh, a difference in terms of both either Blu-ray or HD DVD. And actually, after Time Warner's announcement, the largest um, adult entertainment uh, distributor, Vivid, actually announced that they were going to go Blu-ray only. So that's, that's another studio to uh, talk about in terms of... Uh, and the basic theory there is that the uh, porn industry made the difference between VHS and Betamax, and so people were expecting it to repeat itself, right? Just yeah. remember, there's some things that should not be seen in HD. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually convinced the VHS versus Betamax argument is as sound as, as people seem to think at this late date, but um, it, I guess it's not an issue at this point anyway. Is, is there any way for someone like me who's, who's basically, and I, I'm seeing in the chat room too, people are waiting out the HD wars. This, this war is not over, right? I mean, that's, that seems to be what I'm hearing from you guys. 
I would agree. I don't think the war is over. I think it's still um, a little too early yet for um, Sony to declare victory. <laughs> I, you know, the consumer has to decide. Um, and I, again, I think there's a lot of confusion out there. People aren't even aware about uh, that HD TV is coming in 2009, and that they're going to have to do something about it. Um, right. Also, you've got people can get their videos now online. Apple just announced their their online video rental service. Why why would we even need DVD players? Well, I will say that the uh, online video uh, HD rental service, which is quite exciting to me and may be one thing that finally motivates me to get an HDTV. It is still, however, limited to 720p, which I, I guess is the, uh, the second-rate HD resolution. So it's not the, the 1080p that Eric was mentioning earlier. Yeah, when we, when we got – I had only seen it before in the store. When we did get the HD player, uh, DVD player, which is a, a 1080p player, by the way, um, and, and connected it with a 1080p television – uh, you got to have both going on. Uh, I, I was just mesmerized. I mean, even my wife, who's who's only marginally interested in the, you know, the technical aspects of it. I mean, not that I'm a techie, but I know what I see and hear. I, I, that that's how I how I do it. I don't pay that much attention to the specs, other than kind of retrofitting after the fact. Oh, that's what that was. But anyway, the combination of that player which I'm sure Blu-ray would be the same, with the 1080p TV, it's just mind-boggling. It's, it's a whole other way of life. When we put in the, uh, the Planet Earth series, I got the four-disc mm-hmm. Planet Earth thing, and looking at those, those amazing pictures from you know, really exotic locales around the world, I mean, it's just absolutely mind-boggling. I've never really been that interested in video from a purely visual standpoint, just like, wow, you know, cinematography blows me away. I've never been that wrapped up in that. But I can sure see how people would be at this level, you know, because HD television over the over your cable is only 720. And the difference between that and seeing what these discs look like on the right TVs, it really is amazing and you combine that with the the 7.1 surround now that's coming on um a lot of the discs uh it's it's a pretty enveloping experience i mean it really is a theatrical experience in your home so i i'm i'm very much an advocate and now i'm kind of chomping at the bit to try the i mean it's all money god it's just <laughs> money i'm but i'm i'm dying to get a, a blu-ray player i'm kind of waiting for for that their response to Toshiba now. I think that's going to be the next round. Mm-hmm. I think what we haven't really mentioned yet so far is is really the consumer's perspective. And as long as they're battling it out, the consumer wins. You know, I, I don't think we, we, we as consumers, I don't think we want anyone to win anytime soon because... <laughs> well, not if they keep lowering the price. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, um, absolutely. They, absolutely. Except the, the problem from the consumer perspective is... When you don't have a dominant design, which we don't have, um, you're not sure which one to buy. Well, true. And, and you read the reviews. I, I often end up at CNET just because they have such a thorough collection of reviews of you know every kind of, of uh, consumer electronic product. And every single review that they do of either an HD DVD player or a Blu-ray player of any kind, of any brand, they always start off saying, it's probably still, it may still be too early, you know, because you don't know who's going to win, and the prices are still high, and the prices will probably come down as they continue to battle it out. But, you know, if you're, if you're willing to, to pull the trigger now, you know, here's what we think about this, this, and this. But one thing for people to keep in mind, and again, I'm just saying this as, as a consumer who's looked around a fair amount just because it's, it's kind of fun for me at this point, and I'm just interested in, in home audio video but uh, these players are not created equal if if you're looking purely at price those the the entry level either HD DVD player or Blu-ray players definitely have some features missing so you really do want to look pretty carefully at the specs and see what you're getting you know you, the, you, oops, sorry the uh, the Blu-ray side especially too because of the profile issues we'll have down the line too 
Can you give um, us a little detail on that? Again, I'm I'm not the tech guy. I'm just kind of going from a consumer standpoint. Blu-ray has three different profiles. The early players were profile one. Uh, the newer players, PS3 right now, the current players are profile 1.1. Down the line, we're going to get profile 2.0. That's going to allow downloadable online features, extra features you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, some of those players may not be able to access those features at all, whether through a firmware update or not. Um, some players have internal memory to store that stuff. Other players don't. Um, with HD-DVD, you're covered. The format's done. They've Right out of the gate, they had everything ready to go. Blu-ray's still improving and adding this stuff as they go along. So if you're looking at a Blu-ray player, you're thinking, oh, great, you know, I guess it's got a great price on this. You may want to hold off because there's a chance down the line you're going to have trouble either, A, playing the discs, or, B, accessing special features online. I assume you have both kinds of players, Matt? Yes. What's, what's your feelings on it? Just Just from a purely... You know, personal perspective. How how do you feel about the two formats? Is there really any difference at this point? Um, I will live and die by HD DVD, even if it goes the way of the dinosaur. And why um, is that? It's a done spec. It's over with. I don't have to worry about upgrading it later. Um, feature wise, it does more. If you look at like 300 on HD DVD and 300 on Blu-ray, the 300 HD DVD just blows away the Blu-ray. Features-wise, um, downloadable content-wise, it's just a far better format. This compatibility is far easier to go. The Blu-ray player I just bought will not play three of the newest releases. Just will not play them, period. Wow. Um, you don't have that problem. Not to say HD DVDs don't have that problem. There are issues, but you can usually get through the movie. Um, Blu-ray, every new release is kind of like, uh-oh, I better hold off and wait one guy on mine to make sure it actually works. We should also mention, I'm just thinking as you're talking, the, that, that both kinds of players do upscale your regular DVDs. And, and man, I think it makes them look great, especially on Absolutely. that 1080p TV. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> the chip inside some of the Blu-ray players, which is the Renon chip, is the best in the business at upscaling DVDs. Absolutely. And is that video uh, or is that audio too? It's just video. Okay. There's really no way to upscale the audio. It is whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same bit, right? Interesting. How long? How long do you think uh, all of our experts? How long do you think this will take to play out? What, what kind of time frame do you think we're talking about? I I'd be surprised to see it make it to the end of the year. We yeah, may see one more Christmas battle. Really? Maybe. How many total titles are available in each format? That's a big difference, too, I think, isn't it? It's close. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. It's somewhere like between 400 and 350 for the two formats. I've heard that um, Blu-ray actually leads in terms of having blockbuster titles. Like, if you take the gross, the movie grosses, Blu-ray has more of the top, of the top grossing movies than uh, HD. And I'm sure that'll change even more so now that Warner's is out of HD. Absolutely. Chan, do you agree that this could go on for even another year? Um, next, Chris, um, from what I've read is that um, all of the movie studios um, heard a lot during this past Christmas because everyone um, held off buying a new player. So next Christmas would be interesting. Um I would have liked to see Toshiba actually lower the prices even more to to make it more competitive because the $100 price point is really um a big issue. So if they I I actually think they have to pretty much give the player away for them to have any real chance with only two studios backing them Paramount and Universal. So I don't really think that uh, HD has too much of a chance unless it becomes ultra aggressive um with its hardware. What about the idea, I think, Gloria, you said this, of, of uh, the studios having to back off the other way and eventually have to end up carrying both formats. Well, you know, that could possibly happen if the, if the consumer, who, again, ultimately decides who really wins here, um, if the consumers go after the uh, HD DVD because, because the price of the players are lower, um, then it could maybe force some some of the movie studios to kind of backpedal and go to supporting um, both formats. Now, the fact that the the software is is more expensive for HD DVD, I think, is a problem. But 
you know, how many consumers know that when they buy the player? I was just looking at Amazon. I was making a comparison yesterday, kind of just because I'm interested, A, and B, getting ready for to talk about tonight. And um, the the prices were pretty comparable, at least on the on the titles that they were pushing. You know, if you're looking okay. at their most popular and the ones that are on sale, because they, 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 of course, are having a sale now, because, you know, who isn't after post-Christmas and, and uh, I think, tying into the, the TVs being snapped up for the Super Bowl. And there were a number of titles now on, on both that were under 20 bucks, mostly older, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I'm and non-movies, you know. I actually just pulled it up myself, and, like, I'm looking at 300, and the HD DVD cut, new, is 27.95. The Blu-ray version is only 20. Well, that's a big difference. And you see that a lot. That that's not an uncommon. But that's but that's a lot different than a twenty dollar difference. You know, seven dollars oh, seven dollars isn't as bad as a twenty dollar difference. No, so but that, if you have. Oops, sorry. No, no, no. I'm, so I, I'm just saying is that I think then that that also helps HD DVD then as their prices of the software have also come down. So how is it that Matt, for example, you know, you just stated your undying love for HD DVD. I, I have, again, haven't really made the side-by-side comparison because I don't have the Blu-ray yet. But, man, I love my HD DVD player anyway. And how is it that both of these wars, you know, the beta, VHS, and this one, the technically superior, perhaps marginally, but, you know, anyway, technically superior format lost? I mean, how is it HD DVD appears to be losing anyway. How is it that they lost? I, I don't know because I honestly was I wasn't I don't think I was alive for the beta VHS war. <laughs> if I was I was two. Um but so you I weren't I don't, involved with that in other words. I, I, I know the beta war. I know why I guess it was clunkier to use. Um it was more expensive. Um the players were absolutely gigantic. There were reasons for it. Yeah it was a better format but VHS you popped in a tape it record and you were done. Yeah, but the prob the problem with the beta was that it didn't have a long enough recording time. And that was when you look at it from a consumer perspective, that was the one of the major things that customers wanted is they when they wanted to record, they wanted it to record for hours. And um Sony's format couldn't do it. Beta couldn't do it. Interesting. I wasn't really aware of that that was a fundamental difference. I wasn't paying that much attention at that time either. Um, well, I, I wasn't at that time either, but I, I have read um, different stories about it, and and that was the real, from my perspective, that was the real determining factor. Was even though um, Betamax was a better technology, it, they the product didn't really meet the the important consumer needs, and VHS did that better. So, what do you think is happening this time? What has happened this time? Why is Blu-ray, apparently anyway, leading? Because I think the movie studios are saying so. By and, fiat. Um, I mean, if you look at Blu-ray in terms of the PS3, the PS3, of the three systems that have recently been launched in the past couple of years, has been doing the worst. Um Sony put the Blu-ray in that because clearly they wanted to try and push the Blu-ray format. Um, they didn't have a lot of games for the PS3 when it first came out. They're starting to add to that. The price was really, really high, which they have reduced the price somewhat. Um, so it hasn't been selling as well, and they've been focusing on the same kind of thing that they always do, which is kind of speed and graphics, um, where clearly Nintendo with the Wii has gone in, in a totally different approach. Um, so I, I think why Blu-ray is winning is because the movie studios are saying, this is what we want, this is what we want to support. And what I don't know why they are saying that, because even from... The people on this call, HD DVD, seems like it's a better product. It's interesting that the studios back it too, because HD DVD doesn't require anything new to press the discs. To press a Blu-ray disc, you need an entirely new piece of pressing hardware, whatever that is that they actually call it. With HD DVD, you can use the same old DVD pressing software they've been using for the past 10, 15 years. So cost-wise, the discs are cheaper too. Interesting. Any further thoughts, Tan? Um, no, you guys all pretty much um, hit it all. Um, yeah. 
but <laughs> yay us, we rule. Yeah, well, but well, the thing is, well, I'd also like to add that I think Blu-ray has been more aggressive in um, in their pricing. Um, if you look at the holiday season, um, like all of the retailers had two for one deals with Blu-ray, whereas the only thing HD DVD had was mail and rebate if you bought uh, certain HD titles to get for free. And I think that, you know, HD has been kind of passive with um, their approach in marketing, um, um, you know, movies and software and stuff. Interesting. Wow, great discussion. I learned a lot. <laughs> I think I learned that I'm going to still stay away from HD, DVD, and Blu-ray. Is there one one last question actually? Is there anything like a combo player of any quality? Yes, Samsung does one. It's about a thousand dollars right now. Oh well, you yeah, can find it that. for. I, I think I've seen it closer to seven. Yeah, you can you can shop and find it. I know I went to Best Buy the other day. It was nine ninety nine. So really, yeah, it's it'll drop. It'll drop soon. I had heard, though, that their player, I forget which one, one or the other, you know, half of that player wasn't really up to speed. I mean, in other words, it wasn't too legitimate, you know, current right now 1080p quality versions of the two of those, that that one of them was, was a, a lesser. That I'm unsure on. I haven't researched it at all. I don't know what that price. I probably won't for a very long time. Especially with, since you already have both anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's too. <laughs> you know, kind of pointless. Well, I think I'm going with the, even though I am about as far as you can get from a gamer, um, the fact that uh, my two older kids do visit periodically, especially my son who's in college, and, and he's a moderate gamer, and then the little kids, uh, the four-year-old definitely isn't into it yet, but but now all of a sudden my eight-year-old daughter, uh, she's got the handheld, what's the handheld Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah, she's got that for Christmas, and she's running around staring at that as she stumbles, walks into walls uh, <laughs> as she's playing that, and uh, it looks like a lot of her friends, girls and boys, you always hear that's still a lot more, at least with younger kids uh, skewed toward the boys but it seems like uh, i see as many girls playing as boys anyway with with the kids I- interest and, and i think probably to a lesser extent my wife who's 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 one um technology generation younger than i am <laughs> um it probably makes sense to if you're getting blu-ray to go with the uh the ps3 it seems to be the best value um, since you're getting so much more than just a Blu-ray player. Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you very much to Gloria Barzak for taking the time to talk with us tonight. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you also to Tan, the man, and Matt Paprocki, who uh, write regularly for BC Magazine. We always appreciate seeing your reviews and your uh, your technical contributions. No problem, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And Gloria, we'd love to have you back talking about other... Um, other other topics within your your area of expertise, which is is broader than than just this topic. I remember the the, the first press release we saw regarding you was um, was your response to CES in general. What what would you how would you characterize your your area of expertise in general? Well, I w- um, my area of expertise is marketing, generally kind of marketing, but also new product development, which is why I pay some attention to the CES and Macworld and just different new products that are being launched into the marketplace and looking at whether or not I think they'll be successful or not. Well, that's always fascinating. So, yeah, we'd love to have you back and, and Great. chat about Thank new you. products. I'd love to do it. Thank you. Well, we have actually a lot of people in the chat room who are anxious to hear from uh, the band we have scheduled to, to come up next, uh, Pierce the Veil. I, I think that uh, I should probably start by playing a little bit of a sample for their song from, from their album. Uh, this is the second track off of their uh, new album, A Flare for the Dramatic. This is called Currents Convulsive.
And that Rockin'. Is, <laughs> that is Pierce the Veil. We actually had them call in earlier to the show, I realized in retrospect, uh, but we're hoping to bring them on right now. Uh, Vic and the boys, is that you? Hello. Excellent. It's always Yo. embarrassing to announce someone and have them not be there. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. I, I actually had to figure out like what this, how this works, and like go online and try and figure this out. <laughs> Did you and find I, the page? That yeah, yeah, I found the page. I'm like talking to some kids online. <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got a lot of people in the chat room who've been hanging out here and 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 harassing me all through the high definition DVD segment, saying, "Bring on Pierce the Veil." What is this crap, man? We don't care about that. <laughs> we are rockers. So is it is it just Vic, or are you joined by anyone else? Uh, Mike's calling in right now, I think. Oh, okay. He's on another line. Mike, are you online now? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. So Vic and Mike Fuentes, you guys are brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you are, Vic is the uh, singer, guitarist, and Mike is the drummer for the band. I played the drums, man. Very cool. See, I saw. I see you guys just got back from Mexico. How was that? Yeah, um, it was really crazy. Have Very you played crazy. there before? Uh, no, that was our first Mexico tour. How did it go? What was it like? How was it different from the U.S.? Um, it's uh, it's pretty insane. Like they they when you tour there, it's like when you're from the states, it's just like they treat you. They treat you like you're like royalty there, or you're like the Beatles or something. It's really, it's really insane. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, fun and embarrassing at the same time. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. They're really, uh, uh, you know, passionate about music there, and uh, and uh, it was it was very cool. Did they know you guys? I mean, did they know your music? Um, they yeah they, uh, especially uh, Mexico City was was pretty crazy. Like there's just tons of kids singing and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so somehow they got a hold of our music down there. It's pretty cool. And they were singing along in English, huh? Yeah. yeah they, uh, <laughs> there's so many so many of them know English down there. Like, their English is, is actually pretty good. Sure. Um, well, and, and musically, I mean, if they're interested in rock, um, you know, they, they probably know English from... Uh, although there's certainly a strong uh, rock in Espanol movement, right? Yeah, we actually looked out because our bass player, Jaime, uh, speaks fluent Spanish. So uh, he helped us out a lot over there and communicated with the kids for us, and it was it was awesome. Well, that was super helpful. Yeah, you guys have a Spanish surname. I'm wondering, you sound pretty American to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're we're all Hispanic. I mean, that, that kind of helped out with uh, the kids, I don't know, keeping their eye on us. It was, it was a really cool experience. Sure, I'm sure they saw your names, and hey, <laughs> we recognize those names. There's some debate in the chat room right now over who in the band does the screaming, and there's some debate specifically about you, Mike. Are are you a screamer on tour? Um, I'm definitely a screamer on tour, you can say that. Uh, <laughs> I think we all have a little scream in us uh, in the live show, but uh, on the record, it's all Vic. Okay. Well, well, Vic's got quite a range there, and, and, and I was really impressed. You know, I, I'm I'm older, as I'm sure you picked up if you were hearing the first half of the show, but I'm I'm a music <laughs> fan, have been all along, and so I, I, I knew of you guys, but I hadn't really listened much, but uh, I, I really enjoyed the music and the range from, you know, really, really powerful. I, I love the song we that we yeah. sampled. Um, I think that one just really rocks, a combination of the percussion and the guitar. But but then you also have really recognizable and and, and e- even pretty to a certain extent melodies and you know putting all that together and you have acoustic music so I mean you really cover quite a range for uh, I'm assuming you guys are young you look pretty young of course all bands look young <laughs> how old yeah. are you guys uh, we range from twenty uh, twenty one to twenty four well that's pretty young yeah. So it says you formed in in '04. Why don't you um, just give us a little background? How did it all come together? I mean, obviously you guys didn't have to meet because you know you're brothers and stuff. But, <laughs> but how did the how the rest of the band come together? And was this your first record, the one on uh, the, the latest one? Yeah, uh, this is our first album. Um, yeah, why don't Mike... you just give us a little background on the band? I'm really eager to hear. I, we know you're from San Diego, but how did it all come together? Sure. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Mike and I, um, 
we knew that we wanted to make an album together. So um, we did a we did a bunch of writing over about like a year span, and um, and then uh, we went up to Seattle and recorded our album uh, with a producer named Casey Bates, and um, and then pretty much right after that we we had to get like a full band together. Um, and uh, we ended up finding uh, Tony, our guitar player, uh, just randomly at a guitar center. He was just like, like a kind of a friend of ours that we'd known for a while, just from going in there. And um, tried him out, and he's awesome, really cool guy, great guitar player. And um, so after after we got Tony, um, Tony was actually in a band with uh, with another guy, uh, our soon to be our bass player Jaime. So we just uh, we tried Jaime out, and it all worked out because they all kind of knew each other already. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how our band formed, pretty much. Who wrote? Are, are you the lyricist as well as the singer? Yeah, yeah. What's your What's your lyrical inspiration? What What uh, how, how do you write? Which How does that come together? Uh, yeah. The lyrically, this this album was like a lot different than anything I've I've ever done because um, I, I never thought like most of the album is about like relationships and stuff and I really never thought that I would write about that kind of stuff um, but uh, it was just uh, you know I had a couple couple relationships over the past couple of years that that, uh, that were really you know powerful and uh, affected me like pretty hard so like I kind of wanted to uh, it was pretty much the only thing that I you know, thought about a lot, so it just kind of came out, and you know, all the all the lyrics are just really uh, very personal, and um, you know, I think we're, I think I'm really glad that I kind of wrote about personal stuff because uh, when we play live and stuff, it really, really comes out, and um, you know, it's really honest, and I think it really, uh, you know, makes the live act a real, you know, kind of an emotional experience for all of us, so. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I would think that, you know, if people who haven't been in bands um, don't realize, I don't think, you know, like touring and everything, I mean, it's such a grind. And you got to get up for every show because you feel responsibility, you know, to every audience and to yourselves. And mm-hmm. I, I think it probably is a lot easier when what you're singing about, which is, you know, half the battle – um, words and music, uh, you know, is meaningful to you and is personal and is is expressive. And it's not just words, you know. Right. A lot of songs right, exactly. are just words, you know, because songs have to have words. So, yeah. <laughs> so we gave them words. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think so. I, I think yours is actually a quite a, a mature approach. You know, a lot of people are afraid to do that. They're afraid to to bear their souls. Uh, did that take effort? On I mean, did you have to kind of screw up your courage to do that, or? Or is that what you were doing all along when you were writing? Uh, no, it was just uh, I don't know it it made it made the music really kind of come to life for me because you know we we had all this music written before before I had all the lyrics for it you know and you know there would be a part in the song that I like you know I kind of liked or whatever and then once I would write write something for it. Um, you know, lyrics or, or melody, uh, it really um, became something real, you know, like when I put words to it. So, like, you know, I would love a, love the part, you know, you know, so much better once we uh, once we added the, the um, singing to it. Right. Have you guys been in bands all along? Uh, or, 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 you know, I mean, were you in cover bands together, that kind of thing? Or, or, or have you been doing original music, you know, all your lives? Um, well, me and Vic started playing together uh kind of around the same time <clears throat> he started playing guitar and uh he had me buy a drum set actually from the swap meet and uh this is when we were in high school and uh i don't know i just kind of taught myself how to play drums and uh me and him would just jam every day after school and uh i don't know we found a couple of guys to play with at high school and they were all in Vic's grade and i was kind of the younger one like feeling all cool that i was in a band and you're a rock star. My, I was with my brother. Yeah, I was with my brother and his friends, and we'd play parties, and it was just, it was just the funnest thing. Like, I've. Were you doing covers like, or originals? Uh, we do some covers, and uh, but we did write our own songs, and we put out like a little demo, and 
it was kind of cool because, like, the whole high school, like, began to, like, come to all our shows, and that's just how we how we got started. So you guys have a big following in San Diego? I saw you did New Year's Eve that, uh, in hometown. That must have been exciting. Yeah, our, our fans in San Diego are ridiculous. It's just, like, the best feeling every time we play here, and we just, I don't know, if I could play here every night, I would. Where was that? Where'd you guys play? Um... We play at Soma here in uh, San Diego. It's like the main all-age club. Ah. Yep. The owner's really awesome. It's it's just a cool place to play. All the kids come out, so it's cool. What high school did you go to? Uh, me and Vic went to Mission Bay High. Cool. Well, that must well, let, yeah, that let, must have been really exciting. Let's Philip's jump from San Diego. In. Yeah, that's right. I, I I grew up in San Diego. Very very familiar with Soma. Yeah, we we grew up right here in uh, Pacific Beach. Very our, nice. Our homeland. Very nice. Let's play another uh, sample from the album. Uh, yeah, Boy and Dollface is something I've got uh, 30 seconds of here. Is there anything you want to say about that song? Uh, yeah, this is actually kind of going to be our, our next kind of single. We're, uh, we're shooting a video for it in, in like about a week. So that's wow, that, uh, that actually answers the question that was in the chat room that I was going to ask <laughs> next. But here, here's uh, track three from the new album. This is Yeah, Boy and Dollface. There it is, the signature sound. I like. I like. How how do you guys characterize yourself? I mean, do you how do you label your sound? I realize labels are ugly and grim, but what what do you guys consider yourselves? Uh, I've always, we've always just kind of just to to eliminate any uh, random randomness. We just kind of call it rock, and and sometimes people call it like like progressive rock. I don't know because the our music usually has a lot of. Uh, kind of continuous kind of changing parts um, throughout it. It usually doesn't just like follow a grid of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Sometimes it's... Yeah, that, really that's, for sh- that's for sure. I was trying to pick out some 30-second samples uh, in preparation <laughs> for the show, and that's, that's tough to do. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. quite complex, yet without sounding busy, you know, and that's a, that's a good trick to pull off. Yeah, that that was definitely one of the goals when we were writing this album. Mike and I wanted to do we we uh our our band before this was was even more like complex and and we just we kind of wanted to take um you know our you know our ability to write like that and kind of um uh hone it down a little bit and like control it a little bit so that we could you know so that people would you know be able to figure out what we're doing and not be totally confused by us and uh so we that was a that was kind of a goal to keep things kind of a little more organized but still uh kind of let us be creative with it too so interesting you guys are about to launch on a tour of the u.s at the end of the month is that right touring with emory yeah um it's going to be with emory it's their headliner tour they just came out with a new record not too long ago and a band called mayday parade and as cities burn is uh supporting with us and uh, say I think it's about two months long. It's forty-four shows. <laughs> wow! So it's definitely a, a long run, but it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. Is this your? Will that be your longest tour that you've been on? Um, I believe it's our longest single tour, like uh, package tour-wise. So yeah, it's it's pretty long. So we're excited. How do you like being on the road? Um, it's awesome. I mean, I get to be traveling with my brother my best friends uh i don't know it's just cool like your early 20s you're rock stars you're on the road what could be better man (laughs) i don't know about rock star but i just i don't know i just enjoy meeting all these new bands and making friends with them and just keeping in contact it's just the coolest thing that happens well, I'm sure that enthusiasm and energy comes through. Have you guys developed? You know, are there other markets that you know that have gone particularly well for you? You know, beyond the hometown situation. Uh, yeah, we we've been touring pretty consistently over the last like 
seven or eight months and only being home like you know days at a time and so we we've been out so much that uh that we're definitely now starting to see you know more uh more people at, at different random cities come out and that's that's really the coolest thing is when uh you know when we see kids singing and you know on the east coast or, or random places you know it's just that it's cool uh you know that it gets to them and uh you know, I think if we keep touring enough and, you know, working hard enough that, that we'll be able to reach, you know, as many kids as we can. It's really interesting. You've mentioned now when I asked when you were talking about the Mexico dates uh, and now you said it again, that the, you characterized the fans giving feedback by saying they were singing along. So is that is that kind of the ultimate thing that, that the audience can do to respond to you guys? You yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. That's I mean that's like our main goal is like to to tour and to have people singing like singing our words and just dancing and doing doing what they want to do it's just and identifying like, with it yeah thing. I think one of one of my favorite things is sometimes like like I'll go on YouTube just to see what's going on see if uh, there's anything new and like there'll be random kids that will be like covering our songs and, and they'll like videotape it like like it them doing an acoustic version of us at a, like a coffee shop or something, and wow, that, that's when like I really like step back and I'm just like, like this is crazy, you know, like whoa, a- I really am a rock star. Well, no, <laughs> it's just really, it's like the ultimate like compliment, and then and it really like sure it is. Keeps it, it keeps us going, you know. It's just like it's, it's and, you know, it's it like when you guys us, you know, started. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it just reminds us when we see it. It's just like okay, this is why we do it, you know. So. Well, I was looking. I'm looking over your your MySpace page. It looks like you've done really well there. And I mean, just just today alone, you got all kinds of comments. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty crazy. Like the second we got back from uh, Mexico, just seeing like pages and pages of these messages, like just the kids in Mexico like leaving. Like it was just shocking. Like how many kids responded after the just those two shows. It was just I don't know. I just, can't wait to go back there too. So, yeah, and I'm seeing all kinds of messages. Back. People looking forward to this tour, saying, "Yeah, oh God, I got to get out to this date or that date, or or give me tickets because I can't. <laughs> I don't have any money, and I got to get to the date. You yeah, know, what yeah. are you guys going to do about that? What it's your responsibility to get me to your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll pick them up. Pick them up in the RV. Pick them up on the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at you know, there's just dozens and dozens of of messages just just from today alone. You got you know untold thousands of friends, and I mean, it looks like how, when did you start on on MySpace? And I mean, it looks like it's, you've done really well with it. Uh, well, the, the band's only been around for like like a little over a year, so it's been about that long. Oh, that's amazing! Wow. You really have caught on. What what do you attribute it to? Just everything we've been talking about, or I mean, is there anything we haven't? As far as why you think you've you've connected as well as you have? Uh, I I think it's just touring. I mean, we once we once we finish the record, we um, you know it's just a bunch of steps that we wanted to accomplish. You know, we wanted to write the album, we wanted to record it, and then we wanted to tour. And this is like that stage, and this is what we've been waiting for. It's just to be just to be on the road and you know, our motto is just always been that we we don't want to be home. You know, we want to be gone. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. The, the thing that's really cool about, uh, especially Tony and Jaime, is they're really into like the live show, and with that, like spending me and Vic spending a year writing the record. I mean, why not put together like a kick-ass live show? So, especially Jaime, like has worked out so many things to make our show like something that kids will remember, like something that will want them to come back. So if, if nobody has come out yet, I definitely uh, want to see your faces next time. Are you talking about well, visual just, things or musical things or both? Just uh, just our live performance. I mean, just, I don't know. We just like to have fun and, I mean, hang out with kids afterwards. And we're not the kind of band that you're not going to see us. You're, you're definitely going to hang out with us. You're going to, I don't know, just. You guys like are not elitist. <laughs> the, the kids in the chat room are definitely, who have been to your shows, are definitely describing it as, as an incredible experience. And it sounds, you know, just based on the chat room, you guys should be very flattered by the attention you're getting there. 
Uh, and you've got a lot of people scheduled to check you out, either on this tour with Emery Mayday Parade or some of them also talking about Vans Warped Tour, which apparently you're going to be on. Yeah, we uh, we just confirmed the, the entire Warped Tour, so we'll be playing on the, on a Hurley stage. Wow. The whole thing. That'll be amazing yeah, exposure. Yeah, we're very, very stoked for that. It was, uh, That's probably dream come true right there for me, at least. Um, I've been a fan of the, the Vans Warped Tour for ever since I started going at sh- going to shows when I was, like, 13. So uh, we're very, very thankful for that. Man, you guys won't even talk to us a year from now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Your head remember, your head's remember won't fit us. in the room, man. You'll have to turn sideways to go in the door. Okay. <laughs> when are you going to start working on the next record? Um, we we have to start writing. I mean, we've, we've been messing around a little bit, but we've been gone so much that it's been really... Uh, really hard to kind of write when we're driving and stuff and um i think uh we're definitely going to try and write a little bit before we head out on warp tour and then probably during warp tour as well how'd you hook up with equal vision um equal vision we we've known them for a pretty long time um well a while back we they got a hold of uh you know some some demos and stuff and uh and they had come out to see us play they flew out from new york and and checked us out, and uh, yeah, it just kind of went from there. Did you have the deal with them before you recorded uh, the the album? Yeah, or? yeah. We we actually we in our Mike and I's old band, we were actually still on on Equivision, so it oh. was kind of we just kind of transferred over with a new band. What band was that? Uh, we were called Before Today. Oh ah, yeah, I've heard of that. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time. It sure went fast. It's really a pleasure to talk with you guys. You really, yeah, really yeah. sound on top of things Thank and you. really excited and and uh, always always happy to you know to hear from people who love what they do and they're really into it and and uh, I mean it, it makes it a lot of fun for us. Definitely. Thank you. You know we've got we're going to close out with one more sample from your uh, your album. I'd rather die than be famous. We've had people in the chat room proclaiming it as the best song ever, in fact. Or <laughs> Since claiming Adam and count. Eve. <laughs> play count of 162 and, and things like that. Is there anything you want to say about that song as we as we close out? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best song ever, because uh, <laughs> if anyone's heard The Final Countdown by Europe, then, uh, then I think they know. <laughs> I think they know what the best song in the world is. So. Wow. wow. You know, em- embarrassingly, I actually That's use that as a ringtone. <laughs> hey guys, we'd love to have you come back. Maybe you know either either uh, before, during, or during or after the Warp Tour, and let us know how that's going. Yeah, for sure. That'll be really yeah, exciting. Give us a call anytime. We'll be uh, we'll be around. Super. Well, well, let's hear the tune. And hey, best of luck on this tour, and best of luck with the record. And you. Uh, you know, you're really great guys. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Well, there you get an example of exactly the sort of musical variety we were talking about with Pierce the Veil. They go on tour throughout the U.S. beginning January 29th in Nashville, Tennessee. They are running 44 dates through March 22nd in Greenville, South Carolina. Eric, I know they'll, uh, they'll hit near you in Ohio sometime at the uh, beginning of February. Uh, they're going to be in Dallas. I where I am. going to be at the Agora on February right. 1st. End of February, they're, they'll hit Dallas, where I am. They're, they're hitting New York, New York, uh, relatively near you, Lisa, um, in March. But that may be the closest they come. Where are they coming uh, in New York? Uh, that would be the Blender Theater. Oh, okay. So how did you like so the tunes, Lisa? I'm sorry? How did you like the tunes? I liked the tunes, and they just sounded like great guys. Yeah, they really did. It was a lot of I fun. I totally agree that listening to them talk about their work and how enthusiastic they are is kind of pleasant. It really is. Uh, I, I feel charged up. I'm just going to go out and slam my head into something just because. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you to Lisa and Eric again for joining us for BC Radio Live. 
And uh, thank you especially to Vic and Mike Fuentes from Pierce the Veil for being on our show tonight. And thank you to all the fans who've listened and who've hung out in the chat room. And uh, this has been BC Radio Live. We do broadcast live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to visit blogtalkradio.com slash bcradio to type your questions and comments in the chat room, watch the live video feed. If you do miss the live broadcast, audio archives are available online, or you can subscribe to the podcast to have BC Radio Live delivered to you each week. Find out more about BC Radio Live and all of the other shows on the BC Radio Network at blogcritics.org slash bcradio. Until next week, have a good evening.